Welcome to the Social Chameleon Show, where it's my goal to help you learn, grow, and transform the person you want to become. Today, I'm talking with Ronan Leonard, the mastermind guy. Most expert experts make the mistake of picking just one mode to deliver their expertise through. Accountants make money through accounting. Trainers make money from training. Cooks cook. You get the picture. The secret to becoming a niche leader and having more revenue is to diversify how you deliver what you do. Leonard teaches niche business owners and subject matter experts how to leverage their IP, intellectual property, into additional revenue models and increase their industry profile all through the innovative concept of virtual masterminds. Ronan loves seeing the benefits that mastermind groups have on both the instructors and participants and has helped one has helped hundreds of business owners increase authority, revenue, and expertise. At 23, Ronan helped rescue passengers and fellow staff from the cruise ship he worked on and sink, sank off the coast of South Africa. For nine years, he continued to work on cruise ships, sailing around the world as a casino manager. His first business, a niche events company, grew from just two casino tables to over 50 and from one event a year to 300, becoming the largest gaming events company in Australia and creating a whole niche from that. Uh, we talk about more about his experience on the cruise ship. Uh, what an amazing, wonderful guy he has just an amazing uh, amount of knowledge through all the masterminding and the different people and things he, he's encountered. And, and the thing I love about the story is, you know, um, you, we know we're not stuck in just this one career, one job, and we're not defined by this one thing. Uh, he, he did, he did a bunch of things and it shows that you can, you know, as you get older and you go on in life, you can try different things. You can pursue different avenues. You can try different careers and you're not defined by this one thing. You're not just this one person. You can reinvent yourself. And this is a great testament to that. He's got an amazing amount of experience. The stories, stories and things he shares is, is absolutely great. Uh, we did have a tiny bit of internet connection problems on a day of this recording. Uh, there was a storm here where I am at and he also was very gracious to join us very early in the morning, all the way from uh, Australia. I don't know what had, had to happen there. So I, I did my best to uh, clean it up a bit and the ending, I'll um, jump in and kind of finish off the episode. Uh, there's quite a bit that had to be cut out. So without further ado, please enjoy this amazing interview with Ronan. Ronan, thank you so much. Welcome to the Social Community Show. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, great connecting with you on LinkedIn and whatnot. Uh, likewise, Tyson. I'm really looking forward to this interview. We had a good pre-interview chat. So yeah. uh, let's see where this takes us. Yes. You know, and, and, and the reason I think we're on here is you asked me, probably hands down the best question I ever, ever, ever had asked to me. And am I getting the best return on intellect? Can, can you, can you, can we walk through this a little? Can you explain to me what this is about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much for, first of all, for that compliment. It really was something that almost took me four years to come up with. I used to run an events business and I looked at, I'd done that for over a decade, took it as far as it could go. And then I sat back and said, okay, I don't see myself doing this for the next decade. What else do I want to do? And I think a lot of people really struggle to, to, to pivot, to change from, to reinvent themselves, come up with something else. Anyway, I started in these, these masterminds and I started my own masterminds. And then I it just drew me back to the original sort of question. I sat down and I wrote down all this stuff I did. And my events, without sort of bragging, were amazing. But I was the bottom of the food chain. And I had no, I had no authority in the industry, no leverage. We were just the, the thing that people bought last in their events. They bought the, the venue, the caterers, and then said, oh, we've got some money left for entertainment. Mm. And one of the questions I'd asked myself was, what do I want to do next? Was, was looking around for, I suppose, a bit more purpose. And, and I asked myself that question a long time ago. Am I getting the best return on my intellect? And the answer was no. So I had to then find a way to, to, to package that up and, and use that more. And, and I think that's uh, sometimes for most people, it's our calling or our purpose or our passion, whatever you want to call it, to look and say, am I getting the best return on intellect? And the answer is no. You start to look for more creative ways to, to, to share what you know, to leverage that, rather than just trying to get more clients in at the same prime price point you've already been doing. Very interesting. I, I'd like to kind of talk about that events business a little bit. I was reading that you, you went from, from one event to 300, from, from two tables to six, 60 tables. I imagine it's a gambling tables, poker tables or something like that. Yes. Yeah. 
what 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 did you what did you learn from that? What what was some just horrible failures? What was the the lessons there? What were the mistakes there? Like what what happened there that you can kind of share and give some wisdom to? Oh, there was a myriad. First of all, I sunk my life savings into that business without any business plan, any business experience. Uh, I just had this hunch that, that the market would want quality casino tables and recreate all the excitement when I worked on cruise ships without people losing money. Mm. And I almost I almost went broke. I'd, for a year, I got zero clients. And then I met someone who told me about SEO and, and took me to his house and showed me how to get my product in front of the right people. Mm. Uh, and then it sort of grew quite quickly. Once I once I finally figured that missing piece of you don't know what you don't know, right? In business, until someone shows you this is this could be great for you. And then it grew quite quickly. I, I took on staff. I expanded into states. But I think my one of my biggest problems was that I wasn't particularly good at systems. Uh, I'm not really a procedure, by-the-book manual sort of person. Mm -hmm. So I learned the hard way. Lucky enough, none of my events failed, but I'd forget something. And in my head, I'd do this checklist. I'd be halfway towards an event and have to turn back and pick something up. Uh, So systems was a big thing. I also had a lot of staff that uh, went off behind my back and started their own events business, the exact mm. same thing that I was doing while they were contracting for me. Mm. Uh, so I, I learned to be a bit more tighter on your intellectual property and, and people signing either non-disclosure or non-compete mm. if they're working for you. So that was to the two key lessons. And my final lesson was um, my Google rankings were dropping. So I bought some paid links and I got a Google penalty and I got mm. banned by Google and I thought the world had fallen in. But because I'd been in business so long, um, I still had lots of clients come to me because I built up that social equity and that that brand and that recognition. And it just took me a little while to get out of Google purgatory. So some key lessons in there. Yeah, that's a, you know, that, that last one is a good one. I, um, I've worked a bit in, in the marketing industry for a few years now. And that that's something that happens. These guys come along and usually they don't really know much or they're new to the industry. And then they get people like you to um, pay for these listings and and they really just rank, the, they tank their sites and they're not lucky like you and they don't have that extra, you know, that backup or whatever. You know, a lot of people really live or die by their Google rankings. And that's a really, really good lesson to not just you learn, but to everybody out there, like you've got to spend that time uh, building these relationships and cultivating relationships because Google at any time can just be like, we don't like what you're doing and, and just get rid of you and your business will go 60, 80% of people's revenue goes away overnight. Yeah, the same thing happened with with Facebook. Everyone had you know mm-hmm. big parts of their business on Facebook, and then the algorithm changed, and all of a sudden they were yeah. getting seven percent reach on thousands of people that liked their page. So, yeah, you have to be far more in control of of those relationships, of the those coming in, and it's a question of also siloing in. The more you can get referral partners and and different ways that that mm-hmm. the money comes in, and and it's similar to. Re- I talk about this on return on intellect as well. If you can package up your intellect into different silos, mm. then you're not relying on just one type of service or one type of customer. So it is really about having that diversification, both in what you what you know and teach, and also in, in how your clients come in. That's a, that's one thing I was when I was looking through your site that I really uh, was interested in. You you go to you have this this uh, piece there. It says. Uh, you know, cookie cutter courses, downloading ebooks, reading blogs, and and tired of those thirty day challenges. You know, having those thirty day challenges without success. What is it that about those things all seem like things that should be working? Why aren't? Why do you see that those aren't working? Uh, two reasons. A huge one is that it's content and not context. Mm-hmm. So we've gone from this thirty years ago. Information was was power, incredible power. You're talking in, on our smartphones, we've probably got as more information now than than kings and queens and and uh, presidents had 40, 40, 50 years ago. Right. We have this huge amount of information, but it's not helping us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make us smarter. Businesses are failing faster than they were thirty years ago. So clearly, it's not it's not information. It's mm-hmm. the context to apply that. And the second part is the accountability. As you get more and more information, and and we see myself included, you you have to really fight against just reading more information for the sake of it. People walking down the street on their smartphone, consuming more and more information, and yet 
never applying it, or it's not the right information, or just not having the accountability to actually implement that. You see this great idea, and then it's gone, you look at the next one. So it's a combination, of, I believe, those two things, some accountability to say, this is what I'm working on, uh, and also the context. Is that right for you, really? Have you tested that assumption? Can you take a step back? And, and, and finding the right context for that content to say, yes, that's perfect for me. Like I said earlier, where that guy showed me that this is the way to get in front of your audience and it was 100% right, right. whereas sometimes you get all this information and it's not the right information for you. Or it's old and outdated. I see that a lot too. People, uh, they, they, you know, buy this course or the, these things or whatever. And this information that these guys have spent six months, they, they figured it out, they made a lot of money. And they're like, I'm going to sell this information now. And it's outdated by the time they're out there selling it. And you're trying to implement it in, in it as those trends or hot things are long gone. Oh, exactly. It's like a LinkedIn. Everyone send you, you come up with this three email strategy on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and it's, you know, the first one is offering value. And the second one is transitioning or agitating a pain. And the third one is, Hey, this is what I do. And everyone's done it for the last two years. Yeah. So anyone's selling that information, you look at it, and, and I know as being active on LinkedIn, and you probably are as well, mm -hmm. the second you get that first one, you just go, oh, this is just a sequence, yes. you know, not interested. So, yes. uh, But they're still selling that to, to people that don't know that that's been flogged to death and doesn't work. Yeah, even the, the oh, can I, can I get on a phone with you for 15 minutes to talk about what you do? And I'm like... You know, I think I actually know the guys that invented that sequence and <laughs> you're not going to get me on to pretend like you care about what I'm doing so you can sell me what you're up to. And it's just like, uh, it's like, come on, people, it's like, let's, let's get with it a little here. Like, do you got to build? And, you know, I've talked to people, you know, first when I started seeing these, I'm like, you know, this isn't working, is it? Oh, no, it's not. Like, why are you keep doing it? Like, do you think this is how you build a relationship with me? Do you think I want to talk to you this way? And they're like. And, and then they get offended and get so mad. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I want to help you. This is not how you build a relationship. You don't give a shit about me or what I'm up to. Like, you're, this is the worst way. Like, would you walk up to me on the street and say this to me? You never would do this. Would you walk up to uh, the opposite sex or whatever you're attracted to and you just ask them to marry you? You would never do this. Like, we gotta, we gotta stop this. And, and that's the problem. Like you're saying, these, these things are out there. They're, they're untested or they're just, Spot out there and people are just trying them like this doesn't work and then they give up and that's so disheartening. Yeah, there, there is a, there's a lot of great information out there. There's a lot of disinformation and it's taking that sort of step back and saying, is, is this really right for me? Can I test some of my assumptions? Is there a, someone I can bounce this idea off before I just go into one, one to another? Uh, I hear all the time on, on LinkedIn, what's the one phrase? It's the, I, I'm a high end closer. And I know the person, uh, I know the person, I don't know him personally, but I know the person yeah. who's created that. So everyone says, hey, I'm a high-end, I'm a high-ticket closer. Mm. And okay, you've been through this guy's program, haven't you? Right. And he's told you to spam everyone on LinkedIn, hasn't you? Hasn't he? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't work. So whatever you dropped for that course and that program, mm. uh, it worked for him four or five years ago. Right. And now he's just making money off, off you, even though the process no longer works. Yeah, I don't know about you, but... I've never been around a high-end closer that tells you that. <laughs> they just get it done. Yes. <laughs> sometimes the clue's in the title, uh, as yeah. in what you can do, and sometimes the clue's in the title, as in uh, that's not what you can do. Yes, absolutely. So what, what, what have you found to, that gets, that, gets past those obstacles there that we've kind of identified here? What, what have you found that's really just a, the thing that's, that's evergreen, that's just continuously working. Look, I, I'm obviously coming from a biased place, but, but I would say, I would say masterminds. There is no other way that I know of that you can do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, so that works, but, but a mastermind and the right mastermind gives you that multi-dimensional perspective. It's not just one person saying, this is my opinion, go follow that, which is mm -hmm. what a coach is. It's right. four or five people saying, have you tried this? What about that? And that mind meld of all coming together and, and giving everyone's perspective. So if you've got six people in a, in a room and they've all got 10 years business experience, that's, that's adding your context to content. They can say, oh, look, I tried that, didn't work. Or what about that? Mm -hmm. you know, I hadn't thought of that. And, and often in these masterminds, you'll find that, um, somebody is telling someone else an idea and a third person is furiously writing down going, that's great. I didn't know that. That wasn't even my question. It wasn't even my problem. I, I've, I found a solution that I didn't even know existed. Uh, so 
for, for me, and it also comes from accountability. You come back and you say, I tried this, it worked or it didn't work, or I've done part of the way, I'm stuck on this. So mm-hmm. it's the accountability of, of being um, those commitments you make to yourself because we have this experience in self and we have this knowing self and there's a gap between the two. Mm-hmm. So our knowing self says, yeah, I've got to lose weight and I'm going to go to the gym. And then the experienced self sits on the couch and, and eats chips and, and binges on Netflix. Like we've all done it, myself included. Oh, yes. And, and there's that gap between the two. And now they're both right. You know, you really do want to lose weight. Um, but there's, there's something that, that, that stops you. And the gap in, the, in between is the more you can narrow that gap with some kind of accountability. Mm-hmm. And that's often a training partner or just somebody that you commit to and you're far more likely to do it is often the difference between spinning your wheels, chasing each shiny sub, in shiny object syndrome, or actually getting the work done that you've because you commit to someone else. Now, do you find that that misinformation and this old kind of knowledge gets weeded out in the, in these types of communities where there's people checking and balancing each other, saying this doesn't work anymore or something along those lines? Look, yes and no. It's not the perfect panacea. There, I don't think there is one yet. Uh, there probably won't be. I think AI might come along and, and yeah. just completely blow away almost everything we do. Yeah. But I do believe that it's, it's, it is one of the, the – when you come together in that, in that shared environment and you come with that growth mindset, you come with that collaboration mindset, and you come to say, look, oh, we've all got problems. It's not this highlights reel of social media where everyone's winning. Mm-hmm. You get to truly understand that even people with a $5 million business wants to get to 10 or 20 and have their own problems versus mm-hmm. you that might be on you know, 50 or 100K trying to hit that next level. So it really doesn't matter where you are in the process. You will find people a little bit below you, uh, a little bit above you that can help you and a little bit below you that you can help. And, and there's people in the middle and, and get that get that help and support and advice that that we all, myself included, so desperately need. Yep. You, I, I'm assuming you have you have um, people in these masterminds from from all over the world or is it mainly Australia where you're at? It's all over the world. As long as you speak a common language, you've got the, the pretty much the same universal problems. How do I grow? How do I get more productive? How do I get a return on intellect? How do I figure out this bit? There's always a new puzzle to figure out because business is evolving at a far greater pace than we can keep up with. Um, so like you said, you know, you look and you'll find a blog post and go, oh, that's great. But it's it's from a something that worked two years ago and no longer works. So how do you keep up with with uh, information that is that is correct and succinct for you? And how, and how are you guys testing these ideas? And what what do you what is some technique for for for, for proving these things and testing these things and getting um, getting through some of these obstacles? It's, it's really a question of the, the accountability of, of saying, okay, my issue is that I don't have e- enough sort of growth in this and I want to try a different market. And, and then the group will come back and say, well, what about this? If you tried sort of, is, is lawyers a good niche for you or is, is that? And then they, because there's, there's no 100% certainty in, in any business or any idea. Uh, there's a high prob- probability. And, and you test some of those assumptions and then people report back and, and you follow them up and say, okay, well, last week you said you were going to go away and do this. Mm-hmm. Did you do that? Yes. What, what were the results? Oh, this works, didn't quite work. And, and you get to sort of test those, those ideas. So it is an evolving process because, as I said, there's no 100% certainty in anything you do. You've got a high probability from people that have already done it and can give you that advice versus, you know, when we first start out in something, we have no idea we can even do it. I remember my very first events business. When I did that very first event, I sat down in my back garden and went, wow, I did that. Because before that, I'd never experienced it. Right. And, and we've all had those moments when you learn something, when you're at school, when you ride a bike. It doesn't really matter. Having those aha moments, going, actually, I can do that. I thought I could, maybe, but I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. And there is that huge difference between um, intellectually thinking, oh, I could probably do that. And, and the actual reality of when it comes to fruition, you go, ah, oh, I, I did that. And, and they are two different things. And those, and when you do it, it gives you that confidence to do more and more and more of it. And that's, 
actually, that's where your motivation always comes from. Motivation doesn't come from um, Tony Robbins fire walking. doesn't come from listening to Gary Vee ranting about, you know, you should be working 70 hours a week. It comes from you doing something and going, ah, oh, I, I like that. I was good at that. Mm-hmm. I want to do more of it. And, and you will find your own motivation from that when you find something you're good at. Yeah, absolutely. That that positive reinforcement, that's how we start to build these habits and get in those snowballing effects. And uh, that just leads to more of that. Uh, on the other hand, I'd like to ask the people you, you're saying, you come back and say, did you do this and do that? What are the, what happens? Is it the community or is it you guys that push and people say, did you do this? And they say, no. What 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 does that process look like? It really depends on the person. Some people need some tough love. Some people need that that space to to say, okay, well, I, I didn't, but I've got a good excuse. Uh, it, it could be a tough one. You do find that that some people are uncoachable uh, or mm-hmm. or are unwilling to learn, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter how many times you might sort of give them the encouragement. You just have to accept that fact that they that, that some people just just don't want to, to to learn. No matter how much they might say, they just they're just uncomfortable. Have you have you ever had that experience where? Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. We can have a whole other show about that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and, and you know the funny the thing that that's funny to me is that I look back and, and you know just a very recent thing a, a guy I was trying to work with and he had that same I know I know I know. If you knew, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We wouldn't be doing these things. And six months later, I get a message from him saying everything we talked about had just all gone wrong. Like I. It's like I, I like I saw the future. It it's really it's really disheartening. Like what what is your what is your strategy or technique? Do you do you boot them out? Do, does this type of person bring down the rest of your group? Like what what are you doing to, to kind of help or solve or get rid of them or what what is what have you found that works? Uh, there's no one size fits all. It, for for most people though, you can sometimes just just point it out and say, look, we've we've had this same issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it keeps recurring. Uh, what? Why do you think that is? Because often people need to be um, not given the solution, but find it on their own. But you leave those clues, and you leave the you let let them come up with their the answer themselves. You just give them enough um, enough pointers in the right direction to do that. And that's something that I'm still trying to improve myself. To be honest, I don't have yeah. that mastered. Yeah. Uh, so it, it is a question of of, of of seeing the patterns and then seeing if, if they can see the patterns themselves. And when they do, they're far more likely to do that. It goes back to that old story is that um, you, you'll believe um, something you might read on the internet. You'll believe uh, a little bit more likely to believe something that your friends and family tell you, mm-hmm. but you will always believe the stories you tell yourself. Yes. Uh, they are hundred percent true until you finally break down that pattern and go, okay, that was a false belief. Uh, you know, I can do this or uh, I'm better than that. Or um, you just finally come to that realization where you can break that down. So, so, so it, you know, a stranger or even a paid coach can tell you something and tell you something and you'll butt up against it going, no, that's not true. Or I don't believe that, or you're wrong. Uh, and it's only that final, when you break down your own story, your own truth, that you're able to go past that. Uh, and that's the hardest thing to do. Lately, I've been trying this technique. Let me, I, I want to pose this thought to you. I've, I've been trying to encourage like that kind of fall on your face, kind of fail a little and, and maybe, maybe humble you or something or maybe show you something. Sometimes it works and sometimes it just quite doesn't. What do you have? Any, have you tried that? Do you have any experience with that? Can you give us one of your examples? What, what do you mean by that? Is there um, something specific? Uh, well, well we'll have a conversation that's to say you're, you're, you're not making your sales calls or whatever. And we keep going through, we keep going through it. And it's like, and then it's like, oh, you know what? Keep, keep doing what you're doing. That sounds fine. Cause you're not just not listening to me. You're not, you're not believing the, the thing. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, we're out of prospects. I'm like, she's making no sales calls. You know, uh, we talked about this and then sometimes they're like, got it. Now I see what you're saying. And sometimes they're like, more excuses you know uh oh it's because this isn't working you told me to do this this thing and i get these forms and to follow up these people and oh that's not working and it's just more more excuses i i i've still found kind of a a, about the same kind of resistance a little like 
more people are getting it. They're like, ah, I see you. Thanks for letting me fall on my face. I appreciate that. And some people still, there's still excuses there. Right. Have you, have you tried the five whys? No, I'm not, I'm not familiar with this. Okay. Uh, you can share this with the audience as well. So the five whys is that you keep asking the, the, the why question. So, okay. So let me give you an example. So uh, someone comes to the mastermind and they say, uh, I didn't get that stuff done last week. And you say, why didn't you get done? So, well, I didn't have time. Well, why didn't you have time? Because uh, all these other things happened and, and my days just got, you know, overtaken. Mm-hmm. So, so why did that happen? So, well, I don't track um, how long I spend on my client work or how long it takes me to do a blog post and I, you know, I write three a week. So, and then you ask one more question, then you finally get to the, the why. So the why is that they don't track their time. So they don't know where their day goes. And that's the why. So the, the surface level problem, you mm. go down through the five whys until you finally, they come up with it. You keep asking that why, mm. or why did that happen? And then you finally come up with the real reason why. And it might be for those sales calls, they go, I, I just I just have such a fear of, of calling people, I feel like I can't do it. Mm. But they won't tell you that at the first why. They'll, they'll give you all the other bullshit excuses. Uh, yeah. So the five, the five whys is a great way of drilling down into just one thing until... Most of the time, people finally, we finally find the real cause of that problem. I, I like that. I've, I've heard of something similar. I just never heard it in that, uh, the five whys, but I, I know what you're saying. That, yeah, that's a, I really like that. And, it's, and, and you know, what's really good is doing it to yourself. That, that's powerful. And you're just like, why am I procrastinating? Why am I not doing these things? I know what I should be doing. I know the important tasks and the goals. That's really hard. You should do, do it to yourself. That's, that's fun stuff. Yeah, the self-reflection and if you've read Ego is the Enemy, is great you know, they're great, great ways of, of thinking about, um, you know, it's, it's all about you. We, we, our results are down to just two things, the ideas that we have and the action we take. And it's as simple as that. Right. And if you look, at, you look at where you're at and say, okay, well, um, I'm not where I want to be. Some of the, one of those two things, preferably both, have to change. In what order, I don't know. Normally, the better the idea the less execution you need because it just works. Yeah. So it's, it's down to those two things. So taking that step back is all about ego and saying, okay, look, I admit that I haven't got it all figured out. Um, happy to admit that. That's the first step. The second one is, okay, who does know what I don't know? Who, who can I connect to? And um, even accountability partner, you don't need to join formal coaching. You don't necessarily need to, to join a course or a mastermind. You can just find somebody you know, a buddy that has different skill sets to you and say, let's, let's work together. We check in once a week and, and work on, on some of those issues. So the first, the first thing is, is that letting go of the ego and saying, okay, I haven't got it all figured out, um, but somebody else has, let's go and find them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's great. With, with the masterminds, I, I know this is, this is the recurring theme and I, I do like that idea. I think there's, there's power in, and more people than one in the room and more people thinking out about problem, more brains and stuff. What, when you first started to, to now, what are some of the assumptions you had or, or the things you thought were true that really just haven't come to be true and, and maybe some new things you discovered to really make those groups very coherent and really draw the best in people? Uh, what I really learned was that people don't want accountability. <laughs> <laughs> They actually wanted in others, but not themselves. So we're always going, ah, right. oh, you know, the, the president did this, or the this politician lied, or stole, or cheated, whatever it is. So we all wanted other people, not ourselves. So I, so my approach has sort of changed slightly, and it, it's more about you sell them what they they want, and you give them what they need. Mm. Uh, which is which is why I've sort of transitioned from accountability is the word to return on intellect because. Uh, that's what people want. How they get it, it could be a couple of different ways, but it's just that transition to say, okay, you give people what they what they want, and then and then you actually deliver what they they actually need. So does that make sense? And no, it does. It does. It does. And you know that question. Not only is it setting yourself apart from from all these other things out there, it it gets people's attention. And it, I, I mean, I gotta say, I'm not I'm not blowing any smoke here. You really got me thinking. What? what is the return on my answer? What? I don't know. Like, first of all, I don't know how to calculate that. But secondly, the worst case scenario just gets me to, got me to think, am I getting the return, uh, uh, you know, out as I put in? And and it really just gets that thought process going. 
Yeah, it's it's just a it's just a great starting point, and it, it could be all right. Well, I I really know my stuff. I, I want to be classed as an authority. I probably should write a book, or I should try and speak, or I should do something that that raises my my profile and and, and takes me to that next level. Mm-hmm. Instead of what most people focus on is okay, how can I just fill my day more with the same the same revenue paying clients? I just need more and more clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once you but that isn't necessarily your best return on intellect. And when you look at all your life experiences, you talked about, you know, share a couple of mistakes and all of those things, that's a shortcut for, for somebody else. Yes. That if, if they're willing to, if they're, they're starting out early in their journey and they're willing to invest um, into a mastermind with somebody that, say, for example, they're, they're a copywriter and they've done it for 10, 15 years and people are just starting out and, and they've gone from, Fiverr and Upwork, and they say, okay, I want to find my way. Okay, well, you can do it the slow way, and you can spend the next 12, 18 months reading all these blogs and everything, or let me just show you my process. Now, for that person to do that, that does require the growth mindset, because what most people think is that, oh, it'll just be, I'll just, I'm just going to train these copywriters who are now going to take over my, take my slice of the pie. Mm-hmm. Um, two things for that. First of all, they're coming in anyway. So you might as well make some revenue out of them and also position yourself above them Mm -hmm. and you'll make money from them and you'll teach them the right way. Mm -hmm. And also you'll create that whole new revenue stream. So you'll still have your copywriting clients, but you'll have this higher, let's call it a higher ticket, (laughs) higher ticket uh, offer, which again, leverages your, your intellect. So it's just, it's just one way of thinking about it of saying, okay, well, I don't just have to do copywriting. Don't just have to fill all these clients at this X price per hour. What else can I do with all the stuff I know? Yeah, I, I love that perspective. I, I hear that a lot um, on my side here to people like, well, I, I can't give everything away. I can't do all this stuff because there's nothing left for me. And, 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 and the one thing I try to impress upon people is, first of all, there, there's so much out there. You, you couldn't possibly service all the needs that there are that are out there. You know, secondly, you know, by sharing this stuff, you're, you're, you're learning, you're growing and you're, you're kind of, you're spreading that, you know, that goodwill and that prosperity. And I think that, that gives more. And I, you know, I've had, I've had, a, I have a client where she had that mindset at first, I got to charge for everything. I got to do this stuff. And, and I, and I kind of broke through that with her. And then she started giving more and being more, you know, kind of open with her, with her knowledge and her talents. And she makes more than she ever did before. And she's like, I can't believe just such a simple switch open up so much potential and so much opportunity it's, it's really I, I love that you, you you've also got that and you are teaching that too well it comes down to two things it comes down to the growth mindset so you know you actually put it on on the right path and secondly when you look at um what does authority mean mm-hmm. so authority means that you get um you get to charge more Right. You, you're respected in your your niche or your niche. You get to work with better clients, et cetera, et cetera. How do you create authority? It's mm-hmm. all about teaching. So you're doing it right now by running a podcast. Mm-hmm. You 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 become that next level up authority because you're teaching. You're sharing knowledge, ideas, uh, wisdom, and that's all authority is. It's just being the person that is either on TV at a segment talking about their expertise or their guest they're guest blogging or they they run their own podcast or they're on a podcast. So the more you teach people and, and share what you know, the more your ideal client ends up being, so this is a, <laughs> I like this phrase. You so your worst client is somebody that will um, try and take all your information, um, hack it themselves, do that. All right. They're never going to pay for your stuff. Anyway, you give yeah. it away for free. Right. Your ideal client is so busy doing their main thing is that they will pay you what you are worth to, to solve that particular thing because they don't want to become that expert in it. And they don't want to spend that time in it. They make more money in what they do. So when you're chasing your ideal client, uh, it's giving that stuff away because then they see the value. They understand what you can actually provide and they have the money and they're willing to pay you for it. So that's your ideal client. Absolutely. And I like to tell people steal all my stuff. I don't care. I came up with it. I'll make up new stuff. I'll, I'll, you're just regurgitating what, what I said or what I learned versus I've gathered this and I've pieced together my stuff. I'll just keep coming with more new things. You won't. So eventually I'm going to outpace you either way. 
<laughs> that's the McDonald's philosophy. They, I think they said yeah. to Ray Kroc, yeah. um, aren't you worried about all these people? Can I, you know, I can, we can invent faster than they can copy. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And I, I, I hope it doesn't sound cocky, but there, there's something to that because you, you can just keep pushing forward and, and not be caught up in that noise and not be caught up in, in what everybody else around you is doing. Oh, this person is stealing myself. Now I've got to spend energy and time and taking that back and getting that back in. versus ah, it's okay. I'm going to keep creating. I'm going to keep giving. And, and, and I'm just going to keep pushing forward and, and really pushing the community forward, pushing the service, the industry, whatever it is you're doing forward and, and upward and, and, and getting that community and that prosperity throughout that whole thing. Yeah, well, fighter planes have no rear mirror. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's like that, isn't it? So you can look behind and, and, and obsess what people are, are doing and copying, or you can, you can move forward and, and say, okay, I'm setting my own pace. Absolutely. You know, one thing I, I, on your on your side, I really I really love and I, I would like you if you could share uh, a bit about it is you had these the four distinct phases, uh, purpose and belief, your why and mindset for growth and collaboration, the fundamentals, the five key mindsets for finding money, marketing, the seven mindsets for business amplification and then transformation, the mindsets for creating abundance in business. Could you briefly go through all of those and, and, and give maybe, you know, one or two really key things that people can take away right now and, and, and just kind of uh, each of those four phases just bring themselves forward. Well, you touched on it earlier when you said that people say, yeah, I know that. You said one of your clients, yeah, I know that, but they, they don't. So we all talk about mindset and everyone says, yeah, I know that. Mm-hmm. But I bet they've seldom have ever sat down and, and tested a couple of their limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a, a big chunk of of what I do is is take people through a whole set of limiting beliefs. And some of it's around their pricing, some of it's around they're not good enough, mm-hmm. and there's a whole section specifically on that to just to test those those assumptions and have those breakthrough moments. Uh, because without it, it doesn't matter how much information you give people, or even how much coaching you give them, the stories they tell themselves. So it right. is about breaking down couple of those those key stories they tell themselves. Uh, so let me give you a really good example. Uh, last year, I worked with this client who was uh, an artist. Uh, predominantly, um, she did some big um, outside projects, um, commercial projects where she painted inside of a, a big, big block of units. Mm. And she had this limiting belief that she signed this deal with this company that produced t-shirts and other sort of things. And she felt it really cheapened her, her brand. Mm-hmm. And, and as we sat down on our first discovery session, I just started asking her, so, so what have you done? And all this amazing stuff came out. She collaborated with Dulux. She had a painting by Eric Banner, who was the Hulk, a mm-hmm. famous Australian actor. He's done quite a few Hollywood movies. And then she'd won this award overseas. And, and this list just kept coming out and out only because I spent an hour just kept on asking her and, and drawing that out. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, and then she went through some of her limiting beliefs. And then she came out at the end and went, you know what, that, that, that mistake I made doesn't define me. She said, it was all in my head that I thought everyone else thought me, thought less of me as an artist. Mm-hmm. And I had this limited belief that I couldn't pitch for, for stuff because people would think about that. And it was totally not true. So I just led her through that whole process of, of redefining what she's bumping up against and, and taking that to the, to the next level and the next level. Because ultimately she wants to work, she wants to be known as someone that does these huge outside projects. And, and, and that's now given her the confidence to start pitching for them again because she'd done a couple and she'd stopped because of this limiting belief. Mm. So that's just one example of, of how the stories we tell ourselves are the, most of the time are, the, are what gets in the way. No, yeah, I, it was... Is that famous uh, scientist or, or something like that said that the easiest person to fool is, is yourself? And boy, is it true. The things we can convince ourselves of, it's really mind-blowing. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it, it is our biggest roadblock. So every time people say, uh, I, I know that, a good question is to, is to go back with them and say, well, um, can you give me an example? How do you know that? And the second you do that, they sort of go, oh, actually, you know, I actually don't. Uh, so there's there's cliches all the time that we hear and see, and they're cliches for a reason. They they are based in truth, and you you hear them because you've heard them so often. You you dismiss them because you think you know it. 
right. a little bit like meditation. You know, I'd, I'd never meditated before. I saw it just for hippies. Mm-hmm. And then about four years ago, it started. And I've meditated every single day since. Uh, but I would have said, oh, yeah, I know. I know meditation. Right. So I, but, but I hadn't because I hadn't experienced it. Yes, yeah, fine. I had the I had the same kind of process as you. I I kept hearing about this. I'm like, listen, that's not for me. That's for, you know, these yoga hippie. You know, I'm not a vegan, and I, you know, that's that's not me. And, and then I kept hearing about. It. I kept hearing about. It. So, you know what? Let me try this. Old oh, man, that was hard. I was like, yeah, this definitely isn't for me. Like, but the more I did it, the more techniques and styles I tried. Boy, has the, I think maybe I want to say I want to say at least a year solid every, just almost every single day, probably two years, just about every day. The change in, in the way I'm able to, to focus and catch myself and catch these thoughts and the things I'm thinking of, it's, it's amazing. I'll, I'll catch myself. I'm like, Oh, look at that. What am I doing here? <laughs> but that ability, you know, it, it doesn't have to be this spiritual thing. If you don't want it to be, it doesn't have to be this, this, this thing, if you don't want it to be, but the practice of that, it is amazing how quick you can just come back to focus. If you guys are on that boat like we were, I really recommend giving it a shot. And there's lots of different things out there and tools and apps. It is a game changer. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. And it's lovely to hear your your passion coming through. And and when you start connecting more people like that, that have that growth mindset, that are willing to try things, are willing to, to even sort of fail, yourself included. You talked about your clients failing a little bit. Then, then yeah, we we all fail and we learn from it. As long as you don't make a fatal mistake, and as long as you're testing assumptions along the way, then then yeah, it's it's all about constant failing and, and constant improvement. I, I love I love hearing failures and, and sharing them. So, like like we said earlier, that you know everything's a highlight reel nowadays, and and we don't see what it takes, the 10, 15, 20 years, the long nights, the, the missing this and that and doing all these things and the sacrificing, you know, whether it's time and money, you know, we, we don't see all that. And we're, and we're wondering why we're not, why, why am I not getting these results? I'm, I'm doing the same thing this guy is doing allegedly or whatever. It's been three weeks now. I don't understand why I don't have a million followers. This doesn't make any sense. You know, and I like sharing these. I like hearing these, these failures. And that's why I asked you earlier, like you had this whole big thing. Seemed like a good idea. And next thing you know, you're like, never mind. But what did you learn there? What, what happened? What went wrong? You know, where, why, how did you come out on the other side? I really like hearing that. And I love sharing them. I, I like to put together videos and stuff for things I fail at and the journey along the way. I think it's, it's really fun. And it opens people's eyes to say, listen, I, I can fail too. And I know you've all done it. I know we've all done it. But I know if I learn and I get back up and I share and, I, and whatnot, I can get through and I can show other people there's a path through, there's a way through. It's just going to take you some time. Yeah. It makes you far more relatable as well. That's true. I never thought about it that way as well. <laughs> Speaking of disaster and failure, while I was going through your stuff, I, I came across this, this thing about this shipwreck you were in that I, I've never talked to anybody near this. Could you, could you walk us through, uh, you know, as much as you want uh, about that, 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 what was happening, your mindset, what was going on, um, how, how that was like, and then, and then the lessons or whatever it is you've, you've got out of that. Sure. Well, I'm not a particularly demonstrative person. I'm from the UK, which means we're not as animated as, as Americans. Uh, so that's, that's sort of part of my, my nature. Mm-hmm. But when the ship started sinking, I'd, so rewind, a couple of days before, I'd had this argument with the captain and the staff captain mm-hmm. and over something really, really petty that I hadn't done, but I, I wasn't backing down. And the staff captain was like, well, you don't, he's the captain. You've got to respect him. Da, 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 da. <laughs> really rough seas off the coast of South Africa. Could not call the wild coast for nothing. The two oceans meet. We're talking hundred mile an hour winds, um, 60, 70 foot swells, huge, huge ocean. Um, really, really rough. And we started sinking. But the officers and staff didn't tell us. They kept it a secret. So they didn't do any of the safety procedures, nothing. Um, so we only sort of found out sort of through the grapevine. And, and I really didn't know the ship was sinking uh, until four or five hours later when I went down to the dining room and the water was almost up to the porthole there, which was normally two decks below that. So like, all right, we, we, we really are sinking. But I was one of the lowest pe- paid people on the, sh- in, on the ship. I worked in the gift shop. And as we started to load women and children into one lifeboat, most of the senior officers and crew left on the other, not a single passenger. They just went. Uh, so there was people like myself. There was the, the cruise director, the entertainers, 
and, and they were they were they were coordinating the rescue. They were on the bridge doing the mayday signal. Uh, so lucky enough, nobody died, only because we sunk really slowly because we'd run out of lifeboats and there was still about 170 of us left on and we had to wait till first light when the South African helicopters, the Navy came, because we're only just offshore, but Mm -hmm. no one could get near us because of this huge storm. There was all these, there were these boats around us, but they couldn't get anywhere close to us Mm -hmm. just because it was just so rough. So I remember all the funny things that happened at the time. For some reason, and I don't know why, I was really, really calm. And it, it goes back to partly my nature, but also, you know, I jumped in and I was helping people. I was it was way above my pay grade. I didn't know what I, I just, it was just one of those things. It happened to me. I was very young. Um, I didn't panic. And I, I've got a lot of good, positive, good memories from there. Hey, I must have, I, I worked for another nine years on ships. So it didn't put me off. Right. <laughs> and, and even a really funny thing. So I met my wife on cruise ships and she joined the last ship. Uh, we got engaged, we joined the last ship just before me. And she, four weeks before me, and she watched this safety video about what not to do. And she uh-huh. called me, she called me from San Diego and I was back home in the UK and she said, um, I just watched this safety video and there's a guy who looks just like you on, on this sinking ship. And I said, <laughs> yeah, it was me. She said, I've known you for 12, 18 months and you've never told me this. I said, oh, like I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, it seems like something you just wouldn't forget or what I want to share or something. I don't know. I forgot to tell her. <laughs> By the way, yes. Uh, but what a I, you know I'll link the video to you guys. Uh, what a what an incredible uh, story and and it was really disheartening that the the captain and crew just just left and then at the end of the the video I watched, he's like, "Hey, I said the ship was sinking. You didn't get off. That's not my problem." I'm like, "Boy, that's yeah." Uh, it it did it did teach me to be a little bit more um, circumspect about automatically giving your respect to authority. It Mm. still has to be earned. So you can put, you know, there's uh, four stripes, I'm a captain, or you can say I'm the CEO, whatever it is. But at some point, um, you you should be testing the assumptions that, okay, is this person really as as smart or powerful or as all knowing as as they they lead to be? And, And do I do I automatically defer or do I take a step back and say, okay, well, that doesn't sound right. Don't care whether you're the CEO or so. Just testing some of those those assumptions. Absolutely, and you know, it, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Jocko Willink or anything, but he he kind of talks about something like that. You know, you know, these pe- people aren't gonna are gonna trust you. They're not gonna they're not gonna want to follow you. You you can't you know force people to 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 be led and for and, and really uh, you know whip these people down the road and yeah. If you're that kind of leader, you're just not going to get far. You're not really going to do much. Yeah, he talks about extreme ownership as well, which yes. I think for most people is is accountability plus yeah. plus 10. I love that philosophy, that, that thing. Um, I, I was doing similar things before I ever heard of Jocko. And and I used to get the strangest looks, at, you know, especially um, when I was, you know, in charge of this company, you know, the guys all the way down the bottom that, you know, that they weren't doing what they're supposed to do. And, you know, the owner, well, what's going on? Tyson? I'm like, I'm fucking up. It's, I, I apparently I didn't convey the message properly. And my boss was like, the, the owner was like, there's no way you're fucking up. You're not out there doing it. I said, I am because they didn't get the message correctly. So everything that happened, all the way from me, all the way to them, it's my fault because they didn't know what they were doing. So I've got to fix how from the top here in this office out to the field, how this works. It's absolutely my fault. And I just, I still remember his face to this day looking at me like, it's not your fault. You're crazy. And stop taking the blame. Uh, that's nice. That's nice that you, you, you have that sort of built into you. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, my dad was in a, uh, in, in, in army stuff. I think, I think it must come from, come, come from, from there. Cause that's just how I always, you know, when, when you're in charge and, you know, I had younger brothers and sisters and, you know, uh, if they're, if they're, you know, messing up and stuff, you know, it's on me. I, I'm the oldest here and I'm supposed to be setting an example and I'm supposed to be guiding and leading them. And if I'm not doing that, then, you know, they're doing, not doing the right things and I'm around. It's absolutely on me as well. I, I don't know how I grew up, I guess. Yeah. I think the more you, the more you can um, step into that, the more you can spot your, your weaknesses. We've talked about this. This has become a recurring theme throughout this podcast where, you talk about something, but you don't do it. And then that gap, and the more you can close that gap, the more you can have um, what you want out of life by, by closing that gap between what you say and what you do. 
Uh, that's a huge way to, to I, I don't want to define success because yeah. for most people, it's not the, the Ferrari in the mansion. They sold that dream, but you talk to small business owners, the majority of them, they, they obviously want to grow. They obviously want to progress, but they, they don't really have those aspirations. That's not right. their vision. Their vision is to help more people. Their vision is to, um, as I said, probably create some better return on intellect, but not, not, I don't need the $10 million mansion and the Ferraris and all that, all that BS. Um, but one of the best ways to get there, what you want is to recognize that gap, which is the self-awareness and letting go of the ego and finding ways to close that gap between what you say you're going to do and what you do. And then the more you can do that, the more you can live the, the, the life that you want. You know, that was one of the biggest lessons I, I learned. I learned that a few years ago and, and I've pretty trying to be progressing through that. It's, you know, I, you know, I have that thing. I, I know. And then, then I think, well, why am I not doing it? And really just drilling down into that. Like, I know this. Why am I not doing it? What's the roadblock? What's the thing? And, and I've really been trying to spend a lot of time in the past. And, I, and I've also been trying to say to other people, like, you know, but why aren't we doing it? What, what's, what's going on? How can we, how can we fix this? What, what is going on that's stopping us from doing what we know we should be doing? Yeah, it's a, it's a good starting point. Uh, often it's just looking at all the things you do during the day. And uh, one of the things I try and do is your most important task first. Right. Uh, so put those those two or three at the top. And then the rest of the day can peter out and, and then you end up doing stuff that really isn't creating the true value. But at least mm-hmm. if you've, um, you know, the Miracle Morning, the Green Frog, if you've done those first couple of hard things first, uh, then the rest of your day feels far more productive and effortless, even though it might not be. No, absolutely. I, I've, uh, I've been trying to do that same thing for a little bit now. And it's really, it really helps focus, at least like you said, that first half of the day, knocking out those kind of things that have been lingering on your to-do list. And you, you wind up saying, well, you know, this is going to take two hours. So I'm going to do these other little things first that are quick. And next thing you know, it's well past lunch and your day's over. And you're like, that yeah. one thing I still haven't done yet. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we're all looking for productivity hacks. There are so many shows about it. Yeah. Um, sometimes, though, it's, it's, it's dropping off the things. We, if social media doesn't work for you and it's not your avatar, I, um, so I look at things like virtual CFOs. I was looking at that space last year, mm-hmm. um, and they've, they've all created this Twitter account and then they never, ever use it mm-hmm. because they were told they should be on Twitter their target, most of their target customers aren't on Twitter. So forget about Twitter, uh, forget about Facebook. So there are two types of people on Facebook. There are people that spend scrolling, 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 and there are people that advertise on there. Mm-hmm. So if you want more clients, you shouldn't be on Facebook other than to advertise to people. Right. So you're either being sold or sold to. So mm-hmm. um, figure that out. Hey, I've, I spent an hour and a half on, on Facebook wasn't this great or hey I spent an hour and a half creating a new ad on Facebook and targeting the right people mm-hmm. and I got three leads out of that happy days so finding the finding the most the most impact rather than just productivity uh, mm-hmm. can go both ways what what does a, a typical day like look like for you that the first uh, 60 to 90 minutes in the morning whatever it is what does that look like for you do you have a habits routines what, what does it look like Oh, yeah. huge on habits the last four years. So my, so the first thing I do is meditate. Mm-hmm. Then I exercise. Then I write for 25 minutes. I learn for 25 minutes, read or um, do something I was supposed to do specifically about learning. Mm-hmm. And then I write for 25 minutes. And that takes me up to, so I start at six. That takes me up to about eight, 8.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, today I'm slightly out. I've, I've got to do my writing after this call mm. and then the rest of the day can, um, I'll, I'll look, I'll, I'll chunk my most important tasks for the first, first part of the morning. And then, you know, if more emails come in or something happens that I've got to react to, I've got the time and the space, but I've also not beating myself up because I've done mm. what I consider my most important things. And I've, I've sort of owned that sort of early morning. And I've just layered that. It's taken me so sort of three or four years to get to that space. Uh, but yeah, I, I find that, that that routine works really well for me. It keeps me balanced. I've, I've exercised. I've done all the things that you want to do in the afternoon and then the day goes away and you say, oh, I didn't have time. Um, and, and that's one of the biggest lies we tell ourselves we don't have time. If we stop and say, actually, uh, I don't believe that's important enough for me to stop doing something else and do that. Uh, so that's that's the sort of phrase that I, I try and check myself with when I say I don't have time. 
step back and say, do I really want to do that? And if I do, I'll find the time and I'll drop something else that isn't as productive or as interesting or as, or as beneficial to me. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I hear that excuse so, so often of, of those habits, what have you either added or dropped recently? That's really made a huge improvement in, in that routine or in your life. The education of the 25 minutes has, has been the biggest thing because it creates that um, spark of creativity because um, I like to use the, the and or the but thing. So you read something and the only way to go deeper is to add an and or a but. So even if you hear something from Simon Sinek or Gary Vee or Tony Robbins, you can find something within there and you can potentially go just that little bit deeper. So if you, if you go and or a but, a but means that you're at least challenging it. So yeah, I believe in blah, 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 blah. So it might be the money's in the list. Mm-hmm. You go, the money's in the list, but in my- as much as we could get out of this interview, unfortunately, I did uh, reach out to Ronan. He provided me with the resources he was talking about here. So first I had asked him, what are the book or books that help you the most in your journey? The three books he shared was Psycho Cybernetics. Uh, this has been a few recommendations on this, on this uh, show for this book. Definitely something to check out. I have this on my, my list to, uh, to read. Uh, Road Less, the Road Less Stupid. Uh, all a very interesting book. Uh, I will link to all these books in the show notes if you guys are interested in reading these books and learning more about them. And the last book he recommended was Drive uh, by Dan Pink. I will link to all of those things in the insurance as well. Uh, he does have an amazing uh, seven steps accountability free mini course. I really encourage you folks to check out. Uh, I will have this link to the show notes as well for that as well. If you guys are interested in checking it out, it's a really good, uh, beautifully laid out uh, free little mini course that they offer. It's a great resource for you guys to help you guys, you know, get introduced to him and all, all his concepts and everything. If you're interested in learning more about him, his company, the things he's doing, if you're looking for that thing to step up, you're looking for something else, these things that you've been trying, like we talked about, aren't working, the books and the things you're doing aren't working, I would say give, give Masterminds a, a shot. I've been in many Masterminds. I think they're great. Uh, what he's doing is amazing. Small knit groups of people that they've got. Uh, they try to you know diversify the, the group and stuff and that. I will link to all that. In the show notes, you can uh, go to the the website. You can check him out on Facebook, uh, his LinkedIn, his Twitter, uh, Medium and stuff where he writes. I will link, like I said, to the shipwreck video. A very enlightening uh, experience for, I think, a lot of people. Uh, and, it, you know, it just goes to show, even though, like, you know, he was saying, just because you're in charge, just because you're a captain doesn't make you a leader. And being able to identify that and, you know, taking the steps, maybe you, you need to step up or you, you need to be able to recognize those things. Look for, look for the, the next episode coming up, uh, that dichotomy of leadership, where we get into some of more of those different types of things. We talk about being a follower and being a leader and, you know, applying some of these concepts. If, if you are in the position like he was when the captain of the ship, you know, bails and leaves everybody behind, you can, can start to cultivate these skills and, and things so you can step up and take charge and help out like how he did in his, his story there. And also this week's challenge, Ronan issued the challenge of the five whys. We, he was uh, very gracious to give us a copy of that. I'll link the PDF will be in the show notes to this episode. So we head over to the socialcommunity.show. You guys can get the PDF, work through these five whys, understanding them, getting rid of the, the, the bullshit and excuses in your life. And, and getting down to the root cause of your, your problem or your ob- objective or whatever it is you're struggling with. And, you know, f- for, for the giveaway, you guys can head over to the social community show slash pick me, get into April's giveaway. It's going to be um, something I'm, I'm not quite sure yet. If you listen to this in March, uh, you can still get into the healthy eating giveaway from Dr. Fitness USA. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to the episode with Batista and Stephen, the Dr. Finish USA himself, they have been giving away a great uh, product, $197 value. I really recommend getting in there if you're looking to step up your fitness and your goals and everything like that. And, you know, I, like always, if this is something that you think can help some other people, share it. The best way to support the show is to share it with your friends and family. Leave a like, leave a review on your favorite podcast app. In between shows, you can follow us all week long at The Social Community Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well as you can subscribe to the video version on YouTube 
or your favorite podcast app like iTunes, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, and places like that, Stitcher, Spotify, and all those great places. For past episodes and links to everything we talk about on the Social Community Show, you can head over to socialcommunity.show for links and everything there. Until next time, keep learning, growing, and transforming into the person you want to become. 